Church, I'm excited to be here. I want to first start out by saying thank you so much from, from my, my heart, from my family's heart, uh, for all the cards, the calls, the texts, the uh, food, the support um, that you've shown us during this tough season that we've been going through. Um, I don't know if it was a mistake, but maybe it was a mistake. Uh, about a year and a half ago, it feels like, I was evaluating my own heart, looking at it, praying, Lord, what's going on? I felt like a distance from him, and I prayed, Lord, do in me what only you can do in my heart. I warn you, be careful with that prayer, <clears throat> because he's going to do some things. And so, starting a year and a half ago with my grandmother passing, then my grandfather passed, and then... Tomorrow will be two months with my mom passing, it, and that's not counting work and a global pandemic. It's like, what's going on? The Lord has just been tilling my heart, and I pray that that's been, it's been the same experience for you. Uh, I pray that we haven't wasted this time uh, thinking, can we just get through it, uh, versus uh, the Lord doesn't waste any time. So what are we going to do with it? Um, and so I come to you preaching from a, <clears throat> a place of a broken heart that has been hurt. But thankfully, in Psalm 34, 18, um, David, the psalmist, says, The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. And I'm thankful that the Lord has been near uh, for me. And so, today we're going to be uh, coming from Psalm 40, 1 through 5. This is the scripture that I've been meditating on for the last two months. Uh, when I came back from Roanoke, I told Pastor Costin, I have a sermon. Just You just tell me whenever you're ready. Uh, someone's sick, someone can't do something, uh, I, I'm ready to go. And um, the Lord had us wait. Uh, to this time. So what I want to do, I want us to stand, I'm going to read the scripture, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to tell a story. Um, I normally tell lots of stories today, it'll be one story that works throughout the whole thing, and um, then I'll read the scripture again, and then we'll dive right in. So if you can stand with me, uh, if you can. Um, Psalm 40, starting in verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me and heard my cry for help. He brought me up from a desolate pit out of the muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear, and they will trust in the Lord. How happy is anyone who puts his trust in the Lord? And is not turned to the proud or to those who run after lies. Lord, my God, you have done many things. Your wondrous works, your plans for us, none can compare with you. If I were to report them and speak of them, they would be more than can be told. Gracious Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity uh, to, to be in your house. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll speak to us, give us ears to hear. More importantly than anything that I've prepared to say is your spirit speaking to each of us, uh, Lord. And so I pray that your spirit will speak to our hearts today. 
uh, Lord, that we'll uh, just hear from you, uh, Lord. So thank you for this time. I pray that you'll be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, <clears throat> so I have three points, but they aren't really points. I would call them a circle, okay, because they, they don't, it's not one, two, three. It's like you need them all. Um, and so I want you at the top of your page to put the word wait somewhere else, maybe down to the side because you're going to make a circle. I don't know how you, if you're good at, at drawing or whatever, me, it'd be off, but put um, trust. And then in the other corner, put remember. Okay? So the three things are wait, trust, remember. Wait for the Lord. Trust in the Lord and remember the Lord. That is the only, the, we have to have all three of those things happening in our lives um, for us to be having a vibrant relationship with him. Uh, and so I want to tell you, my, this is my story. And I want to argue that it's the most impressive first impression a person can make, all right? And it involved me saving someone's life, literally. So this was, a, the Lord set me up for this. I needed a win. He gave me a win uh, on this first impression. So Kristen and I have been married three weeks, and we are in that series of like, you're past the honeymoon. You're like, this is forever, forever, ever. You know, that type of, that's where you are. And uh, we go to this National Impact Conference, okay, for staff. And I get a message that Dr. Gilmer, who's the president, wants to have lunch with me. So I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, uh, that'll be good. I go and eat with him. I don't remember much about that meeting, but I know that during that meeting, the entire staff for the impact movement was at the beach, all right? And they were at this point, getting ready to come back in. So, you know, you're that mingling period before you're about to go into your room or whatever. So there's people on the beach and there's people at the balconies that look out over the beach talking back and forth. And I get out there <clears throat> and I want a boogie board, okay? So I'm like, all right, you got to rent them. Chris T, who used to go here, had rented one. He gave me his. He said, return it when you're done. So I go out, I'm riding the waves, riding the waves. And then I hear like this faint help um, being yelled. And then, and I'm up to the water. I'm, I'm comfortable in the water being up to about my chest. A little bit, you know, I get uncomfortable past that. Well, <clears throat> I'm like, what is that? That's such a weird sound to hear. And I hear a person crying for help. Help, help, help. And uh, I see this family running down the beach, pointing out in the water. And so finally I look around and the waves are choppy and, it, and uh, I see this girl that is way uncomfortably <laughs> out there uh, for anyone. And I don't know what I was thinking other than it was just natural instinct and the music of celebration kicking in of like, I'm going to have my Baywatch, you know, my moment of lifeguarding exhilaration. And so I just get on, I, I start going out deep and deep into the water. And I remember getting to her, she is frantic, and I grab her arm really tight, right? Um, and I put her on the boogie board, and then we go into the beach, okay? So I, this is my first impression with all the staff uh, uh, for the impact. This is a great first impression. And um, so I bring them in. 
bring her in. Her family, you know, is like wrap their arms around her and then they just walk off, okay? And, um, you know, Kristen's probably rolling her eyes now as I tell this story. They announce it from the stage at the conference. Did y'all see Mike save this person's life? And I was like, yep, I needed that victory that day. Um, But I want you to think about the intensity of the situation for the girl that was out there, being sucked farther and farther out to sea, the intensity for the parents that can do nothing. It was was me or it. That was it, you know? And now I want you to hear this scripture in that light. I want you to imagine that that's you that's being sucked further and further out And there's no one else that can save you but the one person that's in position to save you, and that's the Lord, okay, as we read this again. So it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me, and he heard my cry for help. He brought me up from a desolate pit out of the muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear, and they will trust in the Lord. How happy is anyone who has put his trust in the Lord and has not turned to the proud or to those who run after lies. Lord, my God, you have done many things. Your wondrous works and your plans for us, none can compare with you. If I were to report and speak of them, there are more than can be told. Do you feel the tension now, oftentimes I just kind of breeze over, I cried out for help. But I think we got to realize the tension here. David was desperate. There is desperation in the air. We don't know why he's in the pit. Different commentaries have different reasons why. One of different sons of his had rebelled. Um, he had done some things maybe himself that could, he could have dug his own pit and got in it. Um, but he was in a pit. And what does he do? He doesn't do what so many of us, including myself, do of try to distract myself from the pit that I'm in, the pain that I'm feeling. I don't, he wasn't trying to numb it. He had gotten to such a desperate place. Or you might be like Batman fighting to strengthen yourself to get out of the pit. Whatever it may be, we all do these things. He waits patiently. And for me, I'm almost impatient saying that he waited patiently. It's hard to say that. You know, we have sayings. What you waiting for? Do something about it. You know, like don't sit there and whine, cry. We look down on those behaviors, especially here in the United States for whatever reason. I'm not saying it doesn't happen everywhere, but here. And I personally found myself to be a walking contradiction when it comes to waiting. I don't want to wait. I want instant access. I want a quick fix. I want, I, when I buy technology, it's to save me time and to make things easy. And if that doesn't happen, then it, I want to break it. Right? You know, I want the cheat codes. I want the cheat sheet. If, if on, your, on my phone GPS, it says quickest route, and I'm like, is there another option? Right? But there is for whatever reason. And then I'm going to try to beat the quickest route, whatever that time says. 
I want to pay extra to skip the lines at the amusement park. That's a sermon right there. You know, what does it cost you to skip the lines that you're skipping today? You know, I want the six-pack without the diet. I want the promotion without the years of experience. I want the jump shot without the practice. You know, I want to binge watch all my shows. I'm tired of Disney just doing one a week. They need to do them all at once so I can watch them all at once. I want what I want, and I want it right now. And based on what I hear everyone saying, I'm not the only one. We want it right now. And despite all these things, these desires, that was an easy, that list was too easy to make. You know, some lists, right, you got to, I don't know, you're struggling to get one, two, I got 13 with no effort, right? So despite all these things, God calls us to wait. So we have to choose. And there's countless scriptures about waiting. Psalm 27, 14 says, wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Psalm 37, 34, wait for the Lord and keep his way and he will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. Lamentations 3, 25, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. Micah 7, 7, but as for me, I will wait, I will watch expectantly for the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Psalm 33, 20, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help in our shield. The verse that's all people have preached a thousand sermons on Isaiah 40, 31. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles and will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. I got two more. There was like a hundred that I could have said. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all day. Finally, Psalm 69.3 says, I am weary with my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. Verse 1 again says, I waited patiently for my God. So what was he doing? He was waiting. How was, what was the posture? patiently. That's a, it's one thing to wait. It's another thing to wait patiently. You know, I know a lot of, I know a lot of times I'm an impatient waiter. Where's my food? Where's it? It's been three seconds. You know, <laughs> Chick-fil-A is taking too long today. Um, right. And they're the fastest. Who is he waiting for? The Lord. A lot of us are waiting, some even patiently, but we've replaced who we're waiting for with the wrong thing or the wrong person. We've traded in waiting for the Lord for waiting in for a job, a promotion, a spouse, a friend, money, good health, a Porsche, um, those things. And I've noticed that the people that I should be giving the most patience for, I give the least and the people that I shouldn't be maybe waiting as patiently for, I give them all types of grace. And I find that happening the most in my own home. You know, like, hurry up, gotta go, gotta get to church. You know, whatever it may be. 
but the, the person that hates you, the stranger, you'll wait all, just take your time all day. You know, so David, he waits patiently for the Lord. And watch what the Lord does. He turns to David. Again, we don't know why David's here. It could be because of his own decisions. He could have been placed there. I got to get used to this. Man, I block, you see me block myself. Um, <laughs> we don't know why, uh, but because of his way of waiting for the Lord, the Lord turns to him. He hears his cry for help. It's possible to cry and not be crying for help. I call it pride versus vulnerability. Some of us are crying because our pride's hurt. Others of us are crying and crying for help because we're vulnerable. And God responds to vulnerability. The God of the universe is attentive to our, our whispering cries for help. And then what does he do? He brings David up out of the pit, through the muddy clay, sets his feet on a rock, and made his steps secure. I want you to notice the process. David cries out. God hears him. God brings him through. through <laughs> Desolate pit is also a term for watery pit, so he takes him from the water, through the mud, puts him on a solid rock, and then he can take steps. So many times we declare ourselves healthy or ready or ready to go before it, we are. You know, I got over that. No, you didn't. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready to go. You know, uh, we want to go zero to 100 right away. And we, let's not even talk about ourselves. Have you ever been mentoring someone or helping someone out? And they try to pull that, like, I'm ready to go. And you're like, you ain't ready to go. But they then go off and then they make mistakes and do all these things that could have been avoided if they would have just listened to you, right? Because I don't want to be dropped off in the muddy clay, but we, we accept that too easily. We're like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Get, you know, get off of me, right? And we can't do that for God to God. For the Star Wars fans, that's what Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker did. They said they were ready, and they were not, right? So we have to be patient, humble, put ourselves in position to be brought out by the Lord. And how do you do that? I believe you do that by prayers, petitions, crying out, being in your word. This isn't a checklist of like, oh, I got to do this, do this, do this, this equals this. No, but you have to be in position for the Lord to move you, you know. I want to be able him to wrap his arm around me versus hold me by my toe, you know. <laughs> That's a whole lot less painful. So are you personally ready to be moved? I think sometimes God wants to take us places, but we aren't at the train station, you know. He's like, I'm waiting for you. Where are you? You know, or we haven't packed our bags yet. I don't know how, to, every time Krista and I say we're going to pack our bags early for a trip, early means early in the morning right before it's time to go. You know? So we're all stressed. 
and it isn't a vacation <laughs> anymore. And another thing is, we shouldn't take a step if our steps aren't secure. Now, it might not look secure because God calls us to incredible places that we don't know all the answers for, but our steps will still be secure, okay? There'll still be guardrails maybe or something uh, to keep you in place. So he does all those things, and then he puts a new song in David's mouth. He changed his tune. You ever heard that? Man, he changed his tune quickly. But it's one thing when God changes your tune. He took him from crying to praising him. And then oftentimes there's not a lot of difference. You know what I'm saying? Like you could be crying for help and crying out in praise in the same breath. And that's what David did. He was crying for help. And God changed his cries to, to cries of praising who he was. And I want you to notice this. Because people know who David is, they see him, he's in a position of leadership. When he displays some vulnerability as a leader, people respond to when he changes his tune. We've all been under leaders that will not be vulnerable at all, and they're almost impossible to follow. They never admit ever making a mistake. They got it all together all those things. And oftentimes that's us as Christians. We claim that we got, I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No, you're not. I'm not. But I'm telling you, if we live it out, if people see in us, you know, that, hey, what they say they believe and what they do actually matches while they're in the pit, not while they're at Cancun or wherever, the people that see that will fear and tremble and put their trust in the Lord also. Vulnerability in us as believers leads to salvation for those that are around us. I think that is important for us to know. People will come to the Lord when they see how you respond to hardship. Some of us lose our minds when any type of resistance gets in the way of what we're doing, you know? And that's a, we got to be paying attention to the testimony that we're setting out to the world when we do that, you know? And so they, because David chose to cry out, because he was vulnerable, because people knew he was in this position, many see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Verse 4, how happy is anyone who has put his trust in the Lord and has not turned to the proud or to those who run after lies? How happy, this is another beatitude. We think of the beatitudes and we think Matthew. But a beatitude is actually a blessing that is pronounced, okay? And so he's saying, hey, it is a blessing for you or anyone who trusts in the Lord, so we have wait on the Lord, wait for the Lord. We have trust in the Lord, right? Anyone who puts his trust in the Lord and has not turned to the proud or run to those, no, those who run after lies. And I noticed there's a, a difference here. Just last night as I was preparing, I was telling Charles that I needed to shave five hours down to 30 minutes uh, of sermon. And 
um, I noticed that God responded to by turning and hearing David and as he cries out in humility and humbleness, right, and vulnerability and desperation. And look what we're tempted to do. Turn to those that are proud and run after lies. <laughs> I want to be a person that turns to the things that the Lord turns to, not to even when I'm in the pit, as opposed to the easy out of chasing the proud and those that chase after lies. And during this tough time I've been going through, we've all been going through, it's been easy to try to distract ourselves. Uh, It's been easy to try to numb the pain or different things. And so I, I am thankful that I remember declaring, hey, I want to feel everything. Meaning God doesn't waste the time of what we're going through here. Let, well, let's lean into it. And so that's a blessing. I'm going to trust the Lord. Finally, Lord, my God, you have done many things. Your wondrous works and your plans for us, none can compare with you. If I were to report and speak of them, they are more than can be told. Remember, remember, we for, the Bible is full of God telling his people to put markers down, build monuments, do all these things so that we will remember. We forget so quickly. One of the crazy things about <laughs> uh, my story was they didn't say anything to me when they got their daughter and went. And then as I'm bringing the boogie board up uh, to the rental place, it was them. That they had, we had rented the, and they had totally forgotten who I was. So I just saved your daughter's life. At least a dollar off the rental cost, right? At least. Is your child not worth more? And nope, they forgot who I was. And oftentimes I'm guilty of that with the Lord. He does something for me next second. I forget that he did it. And it's all about me again. We cannot do that. We have to remember. David here is in a place of remembering. You have done many things. Your wonderfulest works, I just made that word up, and your plans for us, none can compare with you. If I were to report and speak to them, they are more than can be told. And I picture like pit crying. Suddenly I'm being brought up, rescued. I'm going through the mud. I am now on a rock. I can take steps. My steps are secure. Now I have a new praise, right? People are coming to know the Lord as a result of this. I am, you know, trusting in the Lord. And then now I'm declaring what I remember of all the great things he has done. It's a process that we have to go through. We have to wait for the Lord. We have to trust in the Lord. We have to remember the Lord. And I want you to know, no matter where you find yourself today, I don't know if anyone in here would say they're in a pit. Uh, Maybe everyone's in a pit. I want to say we're probably, more of us are in there than we want to admit. Um, Wherever you find yourself today, whether you dug that hole yourself or someone put you in that hole, um, God has a long history of getting people out of the pit. From Joseph to Jesus, he's been getting people out of the pit. And there's no greater pit than the one Jesus experienced 
and God raised him from the dead. So he's willing to raise you out of your pit wherever you are if you will turn to him. If you will wait for him, trust in him, and remember him. So I'm going to play a song. This is an unusual ending for uh, maybe uh, a sermon here. Uh, Unusual for me at least. Um, It's called Remember. And it starts with communion. And then the song ends with uh, us getting out of the, the miry clay and how God did all those things. So I want us to take a moment to, to, to think about what is being said. If you know the words, sing them. I'll ask that they mute my mic so that you don't hear me singing. And um, please remember what the Lord has done. So give me, I think we're going to play it, Maybe.
that song right there, you know, uh, is so powerful in my mind. And I pray that we will remember, we won't forget where we were, just like he was saying. And uh, I want to close with a, a time of response for us um, and give you an opportunity. Maybe you're in a pit today and you just want prayer. Maybe you've kept it to yourself this, <laughs> this entire time. I understand. I do that too. I don't know how many calls. And you get calls and you're like, uh, do they really want to know? And today is a time where we, you're at, <laughs> we want to know. And maybe uh, if you could stand and we'll pray for you. We're not going to lay our hands on you. But if, if you're in a good place and you feel like you can pray for the person next to you, that would be, that would be great. But I want to give an opportunity for those of us that are in pits uh, to stand for prayer uh, today. And maybe your pit is that you don't even know Jesus is your Lord and Savior. That's a big pit. And you want to give your life to him. And you can do that uh, today. Also join us in standing. We have maybe come up here afterwards if, if that is you. We'd love to talk to you further about that. But Jesus, Jesus was in the ultimate pit and he's been brought out. God wants to do the same for us. We have to wait patiently for him. We have to trust in him and we have to remember him. So let me pray. Um, but if that is you, I invite you to stand. Maybe I'm the only one, so I'm already standing. Uh, pray for me. But if you're in the pit and you see someone around you that's there, maybe pray for them as well. So, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for everybody that's in this room. I thank you for those of us that are crying out to you in desperation. Lord, help us. And I know that you want to and you will, Lord. I pray that um, today will mark a turning point where we allow you to bring us through. Lord, because you promise not to, to leave us there. You respond to those cries. You respond to our cries for help. And you take us and you put us in a place where we can take secure steps again. Lord, so I pray for each one of us now that are standing, that are in that place. I pray that they will just... Feel your warm arms around them as you're bringing them up and out of the miry clay and placing their feet on a rock in which they can stand and take secure steps. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity to be in this place. And I pray as we go, we will remember, wait on you. Trust in you. Remember you. Because it's all about you, Lord, and your glory. So, Lord, thank you. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother, for that. I know for some, I don't know if, if we are back up or not. I know for those that were watching by live stream when the concert started there was a shutdown there on it when the music actually started hopefully it's back up but that was no doing of our guys there that was our youtube um connection there that did 
uh, but I do just please allow the Lord to uh, um, to bless you and minister to you. Spend some time on what we heard this morning. And God has given us that opportunity. Um, as we get ready to go, not going to hold us long, I, I'm, before we turn over to our ushers, just a reminder for tomorrow will be the funeral for our sister Barbara Ajao. Um, it will be here. Um, we are asking that, that us as a church family, there's only 50 people allowed in the funeral total. That means including me and those who are participating. That's the rule that funerals have, and that's what we're going to abide by. But you can come to the viewing if you would like. We've made the viewing actually two hours for that reason. So from 10 till noon, there will be a viewing. And of course, you would come in and then you would leave. You won't be able to stay. We can have as many as would like to during the viewing. But once the funeral starts, there could only be 50 people inside here. And so um, just to let you know, if you want to come by and honor her, um, you can. Um, but we are going to reserve and leave the funeral from noon until 1.30 for the family. Um, and um, please just be praying for the family um, and, and how they walk this road and they walk this journey. Um, and that the Lord would even with them bring them out from their pit. And that pit of despair and of mourning as they walk through this. I thank you. Uh, thank you, my brother, for the word. Um, as I told Mike, I said, I said, you know, to him when we were in the back, stay current, stay ready, because this is not the only time you'd be speaking. I'm glad um, I gave him his time as to when he wanted to come back. And I'm glad of just how uh, Mike has walked and his family has walked through this time. And it is one in which we can learn from as well as we walk through difficult times. And hopefully for you, you let people walk with you as you do that. And so I'm going to go ahead and turn over to our ushers, and um, just have a great week. Continue to pray for one another as we continue to, to worship together, continue to pray for our nation, and continue to pray that we don't waste the time. I love that, Mike, that God is allowing us to experience through this pandemic. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Allow God to use it. Amen. Ushers.